Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Just So Girls. This is Julia here, and today we have an awesome interview in store for you with my friend Kai Huggins. Kai is First of all, a super cool human being. Uh, Kai and I met in college at the School of the Art Institute. Kind of in our last year of college, we actually met each other studying abroad in Ireland. And Kai immediately stood out for me because he was working on in a medium that I knew nobody else working in, and it was in leather. I mean, how cool is that? So when we were in Ireland, as you'll hear in this interview, he brings an entire hide to Ireland with us and is making these amazing leather bags and these amazing wallets. And he made a duffel bag and I was absolutely in awe of all these amazing objects he was creating um, and functional objects. And um, immediately people, even myself included, were putting in orders for Kai to make us leather bags because it was so cool. And so out of that, Kai continued throughout our last year at college and then started his own business called Iron Rivet. Um, we'll talk all about his business and how he, it got started, but it kind of it grew out of this really amazing curiosity that Kai has and you're gonna we're gonna talk all about that but his curiosity really drives him and I think that's the coolest thing about Kai is just how, what a curious person he is and how he wants to know the ins and outs of everything um and I think if nothing else if you get out of this interview you're gonna learn up some things about leather that are really cool but I hope you learn how to cultivate the curiosity in yourself and put infuse that into your practice because it is seriously um when you are curious about something it rubs off on other people because kai was so curious about what he's doing with leather i became curious about it so without further ado i really hope you enjoy our interview with kai yeah so i guess my first question is kai is like i mean i kind of know the answer to this but like how did you get into what you're currently doing yeah, so I think at the beginning of college, it was great because the the school that we went to, SAIC, uh, we were able to kind of explore a lot of different paths of uh, and practices of art. And I came in to the school as a drawer, as like, you know, ink on paper and a little bit of painting. And I took a couple of classes like that at the beginning of the year, uh, beginning of, you know, freshman year. And then just after that first semester, everything kind of just spiraled like out of control. I, I was like, is this really what I want to be doing? You know, I don't know. So I started doing like photography. I started taking, you know, video classes. I started taking animation classes. Um, and right around like middle of junior year, maybe a little bit of beginning of junior year, um, I kind of fell into more design oriented practices. So like furniture design woodworking um and i've done that before so i have a little bit a little bit of experience in those fields um but i kind of fell back into it and i i fell back in love with it and then those kind of led me to the path of designing like personal like usable goods so it was like a wallet my wallet was falling apart i think is kind of how the leather thing yeah, started yeah. i remember I that like, yeah and i was like you know looking for something to replace it um but i couldn't find anything anywhere like I, I searched a bunch of local shops like local makers um i looked online but you know just unfruitfully I, I couldn't find anything that i really liked and if i did it was just way too expensive or you know wasn't quite minimalist enough like i i really don't keep that much in my wallet so you know Long story short, sorry. Uh, yeah, so basically what happened was I just was like, well, screw it. Why Why not? Why can't I just try to make one myself? You were like, responding I, to I, like I your own like, need, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, and, and also the fact that, yeah, and also the fact I'm like, well, if I can make my own office desk and chair and like for kitchen furniture, why can't I make a wallet? You know, wallet seems pretty easy compared to some of that other, That's other awesome. stuff. So. So I, and I was living with somebody at the time, uh, one of my roommates at the time was into uh, costume design and shoemaking. And she kind of led me in the direction of like, okay, well, where do I go to look for some of this materials? Because that was kind of the big, the first hurdle I had to kind of cross was, was like, well, where do I even start? You know, besides the fact of like looking up tutorials, looking at like reading some of these leatherworking books, how do I even get my hands on some of these materials, you know? Because um, I had a, a very specific idea in mind of like what I wanted to make. And so she kind of helped me steer or helped steer me in the right direction and, and you know, find some of these 
better leathers that I wanted to work with and, and, and uh, threads and, th and things like that. Like, um, she actually had some of the tools as well. Okay. So the initial... She was your gateway to, exactly. <laughs> to leather. Yeah, it was great. It was honestly, it was amazing because she had some of the tools that I needed that, you know, and of course, like by the time I got all these supplies and stuff, I was already like well within, you know, if I had just bought one of the more expensive wallets, I would have been, I probably would have spent a fraction of what yeah you could have you could have had like, like 10 wall, 10 wallets by now <laughs> exactly yeah but it, but it's great though because yeah once you once you hit that threshold it's like well now i can make as many as i want you're invested so, yeah <laughs> exactly mm -hmm. well of course you know and you have to because the first dozen were horrible just right. you know just trash so it was a lot of practice and you know um but yeah that's basically how i got, got into that yeah question about sourcing just uh no hearing how you were very sounds like you're mm -hmm. the quality of the leather is very important to you and how it feels the texture yeah. etc did you start off at just like a local shop picking leather did, or yes. a factory yeah i started off just going to well actually so it's a it's a kind of two different things I started off going to um, local fabric stores. Um, I, I, I honestly, off the top of my head, I can't remember some of the names, but again, it wasn't, I didn't really find a whole lot. There was a lot of upholstery grade leather. So, you know, your genuine leathers and, you know, tiers below that as far as quality and, and soft, they were really soft and they just wouldn't be great for the things I wanted to do. So I didn't really wind up finding too much at those stores, but the other side of it was that I was going to thrift stores and actually buying old vintage purses and bags and using hardware and leather from those to make things out of. Mainly, uh, mainly coach, not like drop, you know, I don't know if you have this, you're probably not going to have to censor that iron thing. <laughs> They've good but leather. Coach has the, like, the, the best stuff. The, old, the like, older, you know, 10, 10 15 plus years old um, coach bags are just, excellent excellent inside and out uh they had exactly the feel i was looking for the the stiffness the heart of the solid brass hardware i was looking for and the style that i liked too um so they weren't super gaudy or shiny or anything um and so i started like deconstructing those and using that material until i found um like suitable leather that i would i would just like order like samples online so after mm -hmm. i had after i'd gone to the local stores i would start ordering samples like just to see what was out there because there's like a million different names for a million different kinds of leather mm -hmm. and I didn't know any of it so it was really just kind of like a shooting in the dark kind of thing like oh well I don't know what this is I'll just order it to see if it feels right um you know and I would get a lot and be like well that's not really what I want or the color's not really what I want because it's hard to judge online especially since it's not clothing yeah. or something where, they, where their job is to show you exactly what it looks like yeah. their job is just to kind of move as much as they can so a lot of their pictures are just like not color correct. You right. Know, not, it's like, oh, you're, really you're supposed you to know what you're doing. So you should know what yeah, this yeah, looks yeah. like. Exactly. <laughs> Feel it. Yeah. Really, really. And that's a step this up from probably down. what it used to be, which was just like a spreadsheet of just names. Right. So right. I'm lucky mm -hmm. enough to have at least some pictures. pictures. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the pictures were super helpful. And then I just started ordering samples. It's just definitely an interesting thing to like break into. Right. Because like I like you just said, I know nothing about all the different names and types of treatments right. to the leather. Um, so so that's like a it's, huge learning it's, curve. It's weirdly super satisfying though. Like I'm sure. I really loved the research part of it. I like when I first started, I was I would just spend hours and hours just watching videos and reading up about um, you know, classic leather craft and just these people who are making incredible things and all these different avenues and tools that the people were using, different kinds of leather that people were using for different projects. And I was just so fascinated by it that I could spend, you know, all day just reading probably what most people would just be like, well, this is like the most mundane, stupid, you know, book about how to stitch, you know, like how different techniques of stitching. But I was like, this is so cool. So is that kind of like when you <laughs> knew that this was something you wanted to pursue after school? So. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I attribute it partly to also the interest that people had in it. I, I would start working and doing this stuff and uh, I had friends that like really were like into that and they were like, well, could you make me something? And of course I like didn't charge them or charge them like barely anything, you know, basically just <laughs> cost materials. But I was just like gratified to, you know, I was just, Hey, you know, people are, people are interested in owning something for me, 
that I made yeah. and designed. That's super cool. Validating your art and creativity. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, fuck, you know, fuck it. I, I'm, I'm just going to make all this stuff for all these people. And they all still, like, a lot of people still have that stuff. I still have And we'll just, purse. like, out of the blue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and just send me high. pictures. It's your old logo, too. I forgot to say at the top of this episode. Oh, yeah. So, um, you, I've had so many logos. So you you used to go by, like, Kai Huggins, like, just, like, your name as the brand. But now it's Iron Rivet, yeah. right? That's so it's the ink stamp. You, you have the ink stamp. You have the OG mm. OG. I think I only made, hold I on I only to made that. like maybe 20 bags with that. Maybe yeah. 25. No, I am. I'm, Ooh, I'm holding on to addition. it. I'm, I know. Yeah, crazy. I'm definitely holding on to it. I, I, I think I still that. have the ink stamp too. I, I think it's dried out though. I don't think it's yeah. anymore. I love it. It's still, it's still in the bag. Like it's not worn. I was, I, at first I was like, oh, I hope I should protect this area so I don't lose the, you know. No, it should stay it should for stay. a long time. Okay, even good. even the places I use will, will ink stamp the inside. So they put, um, what's really cool is they'll actually ink stamp and they'll put uh, like the square footage and they'll put the tanning. It's, it's like this oh, cool. code. It's like really weird like analog code. And some of it I don't actually understand, but it's like usually it's like the weight in ounces um, and the square footage of the hide because it's a lot of you know mm-hmm. cacao. So I'll buy like half hides, which is a side. So it's like split down the back, and you can kind of see the shape of the cow. Like Julia knows she saw in Ireland. Uh, I d- yeah, so I had, we were we yeah. were in Ireland studying bought... abroad together, and you I remember you brought like an entire what I think was like a entire duffel bag of just leather, right? Well, I did, I yeah. did, but I also ordered leather before i left for ireland to get shipped there oh that's right yeah do you remember that so i ordered it to get shipped there and it came and i had to pay duties on it and the duties were like crazy expensive like like half or something so i you know it was like already like 300 dollars worth of leather and i had to pay i think 180 oh jeez that's insane because it was because of the kind of thing it was because it was like a material that you were making something out of yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. because i was like making it was like a material good that i was making it was it it was a certain classification they want you to buy their material yeah (laughs) um i had to and then i had to ship a bunch of stuff back because i didn't have enough space oh space well those bags cost a lot then um i actually have tanned a buffalo hide myself um really i've never tanned leather before people always ask me that that's awesome it's How was it? Fun. Like, it was an experience. Was it dirty or um, was it like yes. smelly? Yes, all of the okay. above. That's what I know uh, of tanning is dirty and smelly. <laughs> when I was doing it, they were telling me I was one of the first women that I've ever they've ever seen tan a buffalo hide, and I was like, I don't know. It's really? almost like a sander that you use to um, create circles on. Someone was guiding me and showing me how to do it. It was for. Um, I used to spend a lot of time out at Crow Creek Reservation in South Dakota, and they were showing, they were working on a project, and I was like, can I try? And they're like, sure. So we were, I got to tan a buffalo hide. And so I got to Very see cool. a lot about the leather and the textures and seeing how, um, how they buffalo work with leather out there. Buffalo is an extremely resilient leather. Yeah, buffalo, buffalo is amazing. Uh, you'll, you'll see a lot of, like, jackets made of buffalo, workwear and stuff made of buffalo, because it's very hardy and resilient. Um, but it's also... It can be also very soft. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, it depends on the, the way you the way you tan it. But, yeah, buffalo is super cool. Do you do any – do you work with buffalo? I have Rather? worked with buffalo, I think, once or twice. Um, but I mainly work with cow and horse. Okay. Those are kind of the main ones. Um, but I do know a lot about uh, a lot of different animals. Like elk, for example, is extremely cool. Like – I want to work with elk, but I can't find any. Um, elk is amazing. It's like super, super glovey soft, but it's like really, really resilient and um, very weather resistant, very like um, abrasion resistant. So mm-hmm. they'll make work gloves out of it and they'll make uh, like a lot of things that need to withstand like a lot of abuse out of this leather. But but it fe- I have a pair of like elk skin gloves. After I learned about it, I was like, oh, I have to like get something that has elk skin in it and i got it and my oh my god it's like a cloud it's like wearing a cloud in your hands but you can like <laughs> you you know you could be holding like a bunch of like spiky rocks or something and not feel it and meanwhile your hands feel like it's got pillows on it so it's just crazy the different kinds of um qualities that like different animals have um i haven't worked with a lot like of different like a lot a lot of different leathers but i would love to work with like you know, ostrich is another really cool one. Mm. I mean, cowboy boots out of that. Um, 
li- like lizards and, and alligator. Alligator is super popular in the South uh, specifically, but also yeah. really all over the place. They do a lot of like wallets and stuff out of alligator because it's the usable space on the alligator high is very small. Um, but the stuff that people make alligator out, it's so cool. But a lot so of the stuff, it's like, well, it, it's got to be, a little, it's got to be ethical, you know. Like, I'm not about to go yeah, like, yeah. buy an alligator yeah. hide that like somebody's just trapped for just for the purpose of like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that that seems a little bit. Well, and knowing leather's yeah. a very difficult material. It's such a strong material. Um, believe Julia mentioned that you do everything by hand. Is yeah, I will. So there, you, you know, <laughs> well, he started yeah, so, out doing by hand, but you have a machine that helps that does that can handle now. it, right? Yeah. It's, it's like this weird line, like people will always say, you know, it's made by hand if like a part of it's made by hand, but you never mm-hmm. can know really to the extent of, of how much is made by hand. So like now I use machines. So like now I have sewing machines that help me. Uh, I've got like skiving machines that help me like press. Still machines. by hand. Your hands are guiding it. Um, it still is by hand. So, I mean, it's like mostly by hand. Uh, and, you know, I would definitely consider it by hand. Like, but when I was first starting, I would do literally everything by hand. Like, there was no machines. I was punching every single hole that I would stitch through. I was saddle stitching everything. Um, I was cutting everything by hand. Um, I was dyeing some leather by hand, too, which I still do a little bit of. Um, but it was completely by hand. So it would take me just an absurd amount of time to make one I still project. felt like you worked really fast considering the material when we well, were there. You, <laughs> you have to be strong, think, too. Yeah, I think, like, oh, my God. You, you, my fingers were, like, Yeah, your hands were, up. like, they were bleeding. All yeah. People yeah, don't realize really, for sure. the Well, because I was pushing myself when we were there. I was like, well, I don't have this much time to finish this project. I got to, you know, I got to get going. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I worked all the time, and I think – that contributed to like the speed a little bit is just like really loving to do it. So, you know, I'd like come home from school and like just start sewing because I knew that sewing would take such a long time. So I'd put on, a, you know, put on the TV or hang out with some folks and just like, I would, ha- I would always have like the little like horsey in my, in my lab, like sewing, sewing some leather something. So I got a little bit quicker. I still do hand sew a little bit though. Yeah. So in terms of your, um, the products you have now, I mean, I know from just knowing you that everything you do, you really tailor and you perfect it based on like, you know, what you know, like you'll use. So what kind of products do you feel like you've quote unquote perfected or that you've really spent a lot of time like figuring out if that makes sense? Yeah, I don't think I've really perfected anything. I'm the kind of person who like, like it, and it annoys me. But I'm like, all right, this is perfect. And like the, you know, the minute I finish, I'm like, this is perfect. It's done. And then the next morning I'm like, I already know it's not done. Yeah. Like it's, there's something, there's something that needs to be better about it, which is super annoying because I, I make a lot of prototypes and you know, it's a lot of just like going back, remaking things, remaking things, remaking things. I, I do, you know, I do really love, um, a lot of my mainstay products, like I think are pretty polished. You know, but there's always something that, like, down the road, you're going to be like, well, you know, maybe I could change this. You know, maybe I can change that. Which is probably what, I mean, that's um, what makes you good at what you do. Is because, like, you're Yeah, but I think, I think that's evolving. part of the, yeah, I think that's part of the, the perfection, though, is that, like, you can make, or, like, I can make something tailored to somebody's needs. So, it's like, mm-hmm. they have the same, if they have the same problem, like, oh, you know, I love your wallets, but I keep six extra cards than the capacity is, you know, is that going to be a problem? I'm like, well, no, it's not going to be a problem because what I can do is just make it bigger, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, then I take on changing. the challenge of like, yeah, how can I make it bigger but also keep the design at, you know, the, the place that I want it to stay at? Like to still look and feel like it's my design but still like – but be able to accommodate the people's like – whoever it is what they want you know yeah what they want to change and we kind of connected over this with like the commission process like the back and forth of like how do you maintain like your own you know integrity like you just said design and then also collaborate you know with somebody who who probably knows nothing about leather you know who is asking you for these specific things yeah 
I was watching, yeah, I was watching like some of your uh, videos and, and podcasts and you, when you talk about uh, commissioning and like what you need to do, like you, you know, make lists of like uh, what the kinds of things you need to be looking out for when you're doing commission projects. And I was just like, I was listening to that and I was like, oh my God, it's like the same thing. <laughs> a lot of these are like exactly the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of similarities, I think. And we were talking about this before, but there's a lot of similarities in what I do and, and painting, like the way, and mm -hmm. the way in which Craft. you guys, you know, actually do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there, I'm sure like there's some avenues of painting and some avenues of art that aren't really that similar, but like working in the ways that we do, they do align in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of, of push and pull between, yeah, capturing your own vision and then the vision of the person who maybe commissioned you to do it. And um it's yeah it's interesting i i found that really fascinating because i always just thought that was exclusive to painting but it was it was cool to hear i'm like wow i'm not alone <laughs> yeah i mean the probably the biggest difference though is like subject matter so you know people aren't coming to me being like oh you know i want my my child or my dog to look a certain way they're coming to me like i have this need or like i have this idea it's a little more black know, and white that I want, yeah. yeah that i want to become real um, but I don't know there, in a lot of ways, it's just like, pick your battles. Like if somebody comes to me with like mm -hmm. this crazy specific project, I'm like, well, it's so specific that it's not going to be me making mm -hmm. it. It's going to be you making it. So just my hands. Basically. I just don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, it's just not something I want to, I don't want to be putting out work that isn't mine. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Like yeah. if somebody comes mm -hmm. to me and just like, I, I love this Gucci bag it's so cool. Could you make something similar to it? And it's like, well, that's cop. First of all, that's just copying the design. So <laughs> no, right. <laughs> but you know, at the same time, it's like, well, it seems like you have a very, very specific idea in mind of what you want. So maybe just save up the money or buy whatever the Gucci bag. that thing. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. it doesn't sound like you really artists... want me to make it. Yeah. I think Julie and I've talked about this. A lot of artists um, get stuck in that situation often that people sometimes don't understand the difference between a production um, artist or yeah. a production designer versus an artist that's doing it as a career. Like you said, like you want to be your work, what you're talking about, what you're showing the world and not just create someone else's design. What would you recommend to anyone or artist in that facing that issue? I would say do it, uh, <laughs> do it a little bit like I think get your toes wet like you need to you need to do it a, a little bit to know what not what like the things you don't want to do and the things that you don't mm -hmm. like I think and I don't know you know I don't know if that's like horrible advice but I think just go out there no. take some jobs that are that are crap take some jobs that are that you get crap pay for and learn what you don't like to do that's how I did it. That's how almost everybody I know has done it. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just like, well, you know, I talked to like all the artists I went to school with who are doing similar things. And it's like, you know, we always, we always just laugh at like the huge mistakes we've made in the past. It's like, yeah, like I took this huge project. I charged <laughs> like absolutely nothing for it. And it took me just an absurd amount of time to finish. And, you know, I, I, I wound up losing money on that. But now I know, you know, never to take a job yeah. like that again. You learn so really quick. Just get, yeah, get out there and the do it. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna do a lot of jobs, and it's and it's not even gonna take that much time to do enough jobs like that. It teaches you what you really don't like to do. Yeah. Um, mm. So it should be pretty Years. pretty painless. At least retrospectively, it should be pretty painless to just get out there and do some crappy jobs. Especially, I think when you're just starting out, like maybe you're in school still. You know, you don't have like the pressure maybe to support yourself quite yet or maybe you do but like it's just like just do it especially yeah there's only so much time where like it's not it's going to be painless like you just mm -hmm. said yeah i mean you're young like it's not you know you're just you're resilient just fucking do it mm -hmm. do some crap work yeah we've we've been talking a lot about that lately it's kind of like with everything going on in the world and it's just you know it's 2020 so it's kind of like take that risk try it why yeah. not you fail oh well yeah, like know. move on keep trying try something else we were talking in reference yep. to um actually it kind of relates back to kind of your path of let's say you're a painter and the painting 
it's great you love it but then maybe you shift a little bit more into te like teaching painting maybe that's where your joy mm -hmm. comes from and it sounds like yeah. you tried a bunch of different things until you found what really sparked all your interest and passion and you just went all in but you never would have gotten there if yep. you didn't paint first and make some you know crappy art yep. along the way <laughs> yep a lot of crappy art it's good a lot i've been calling it fart yeah, it's just a fart. A fart. That's that. We're gonna coin that term. <laughs> I'm a graphic designer, so you do. I like that. I the like F that. is a different color, and then the R is another color. There you go. Yep. So on like this that. similar topic, so what was like one of the toughest or biggest mistakes like you learned in your own practice after school, maybe? After school, like what I'm doing right now. Yeah, like what you're doing now. Yeah, currently. So people biggest know mistakes what not to do <laughs> I've made a lot of mistakes so I don't know if I can choose any one singular mistake but I think the coolest thing is that like when I make mistakes I've kind of taught myself when I make mistakes that it's not necessarily a negative thing like for example a, a big mistake I made was buy like I bought a really expensive sewing machine that I thought was going to be the game changer kind of all in one. I didn't need to buy, get anything else kind of thing. And then it sat and I didn't use it. And when I did, it was just a pain in the ass because it was just not really the kind of thing, the kind of machine, the kind of tool uh, that I really needed. So I was sitting on this just like really expensive piece of equipment that was just burning hole in my pocket because I never used it. Meanwhile, I had a bunch of other stuff that I wish I had and I was like, well, you know, and so I sold it. But at the end of the day, I was like, well, if I had never bought this and I had never experimented with it, I would have never known that it was something that I didn't need. And I think mm -hmm. it taught me like really big lessons on like really be care like to be really be careful about like the decisions I make and like maybe don't be so impulsive um, maybe do be a little bit impulsive at sometimes, but, um, that was a huge bummer. I was just like, well, damn it. You know, now I got to spend a lot of time selling this. It's a really weird thing to sell. I don't even know if anybody is going to mm -hmm. want it. Um, so, you know, it was just a, yeah, it was just crazy. But I was like, at the end of the day, I was just like, well, when I did wind up selling it, I did wind up moving some stuff around. I was like, well, that's cool. Cause now I know exactly kind of the things I do want to do. It pushed me towards canvas actually. So it, it pushed me towards working in materials that I wouldn't normally work with because I was like, well, if I don't want to work really heavy, which the machine was built for like really, really heavy materials, like super thick, super hard. Like it could, I swear to God, it could just sew through steel, um, but it was really slow. <laughs> and so I was like, this is the opposite of what I want to do. So when I did want to getting rid of it, I pushed myself to get some stuff that, that would help me do a lot lighter materials and um, mm. like canvas and, you know, things like that, that I could integrate into the leather. Um, and now I love it. Like I was just telling Julia on the phone the other day, I was like, I, I started working with canvas. I started making jackets and it was such a breath of fresh air to make things that weren't out of leather. Um, because I guess the material, it's like the material I did wind up going towards was so much easier to use but just I think just because I've been working with leather so long that and I've made leather jackets and they I, it was like oh my god it was just I, the worst thing I've ever done the worst <laughs> thing I've ever like the hardest thing I've ever done making these jackets and they're crap they're just crap they're not they're not the worst but just on the level of like what I wanted them to be they were crap um, your so expectations pivoting yeah, just pivoting a little bit. And I'm, that happens all the time where you're just like, this is going to be amazing. And then it's just not in any way amazing. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, pivoting, like pushing pushing to pivot a little bit uh, in a better direction of like using different materials was amazing. Like, And now I'm, now I'm just like, well, cool. And, you know, what else can I make out of canvas now? Like, um, yeah, so that was, that was pretty eye-opening. It was a big mistake that turned into... A really cool thing um, but that's the thing about mistakes you know like failures and you know whatever it's not really failures it's failures just in the moment but you know in a few weeks days years whatever you'll look back and be like oh no that wasn't a failure that taught me a hugely valuable lesson 
you know, that helped me change my practice into something or, you know, whatever it is and help me like change into something that's better, you know, or what I actually closer to what I want to do. Yeah. I love that. I think that yeah. it's so important to embrace the mistakes because like you just said, it led you to a whole new material. And now I'm sure it's like you can make canvas things in your sleep now. Cause it's like, you're mm. maybe, maybe not <laughs> just dreaming about just it. Dreaming about it. <laughs> Well, I know we were talking, you were saying, like, it's so much easier to work with than leather, so it's, like... It is, yeah. Totally refreshing, but... Do you find inspiration that, you know, seeing that this material is easier to work with than a different material, are you expanding your products, knowing that leather, maybe you are limited to certain types of oh, yeah. items? Yeah, I think, well, from from really day one, when I started the business, I was like, I don't want this just to be bags or just to be small stuff i like the goal like the ultimate goal for me is to make it a kind of a maker shop so it's like Mm -hmm. everything it's a lifestyle kind of thing so i take on Mm -hmm. you know people that are making things that i think are in line with the brand but you know also in line with the kind of lifestyle that i lead and so of course i want it to just be more than leather i want it to be canvas I also wanted to be like ceramics uh just everything like you know little things just like watch straps whatever towels I don't know candles like because there's all these little things that like I enjoy on a daily basis and just my minute little things that change you know my mood or you know how my day is going that I would love to share with people and these are things that are like in your target or walmart these are things like being made by small artists that are just excellent products, but that they don't have the kind of means to be able to, sh- to tell a bunch of people about. So the goal is really just to do that is really just to spread like the, the really cool projects that people are working on, like the, the cool things that people have delved into really deeply and like dedicate a lot of time into learning how to do and perfect in their own way. Uh, and all these styles that are maybe a little bit quir- more quirky than the kind mm-hmm. of things that, bigger businesses would take on um but are still excellent in themselves so yeah the goal is really just to do a lot of different stuff and you know share share with people so is the goal kind of to say it's in in a funny way it's like the goal is kind of to stay small or like promote small yes yeah yes (laughs) yeah yeah people always ask me they always ask like well what's you know why don't you take on investors? Why don't you like do this and the other and make your business really big i'm like well that would defeat defeat the entire purpose of what I do like I love it because it's small I love it because I have personal relationships with the community that support me and what I do like Mm -hmm. I don't want to give that up that's awesome you're the stamp of approval not investors yeah I like and I can and I'm at the level where I can listen to what people want and actually change what I do in a way that like makes it better for the people that actually support me so if it were if it were to be like really big like if I had a hundred person team or something that would just be so out of control I you know I wouldn't be able to respond to Mm -hmm. everybody's you know not requests but like I wouldn't be able to like tailor the experience to the to the people that actually want to experience it um so yeah stay stay small I think that's super cool stay small how large is is it just you currently or do you have a small team being knowing that you are becoming more popular It is uh, mainly me, I'll I'll say that. So it changes, it fluctuates. I have um, Kelly, my girlfriend, is my main photographer um, and confidant. She (laughs) helps me with a lot of like designs. If I'm like, uh, you know, I I don't know where this is going. Um, I'll just like ask her and we'll talk. Um, But I also take on part-time as needed people like if I have really big projects like if I get Mm -hmm. like a corporate order where they're doing like a Christmas gift for their entire company uh, I'll take on maybe somebody I know who's an artist like a local artist or something and I'll be like hey you know I I think you'd be really good at painting the like edge painting leather or like you'd be really good at this cutting stuff if I know that their practice kind of lines up with that Um, but yeah it's a super small team it's really just me um you collaborate say, yeah, when like necessary two, two three people yeah 
Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's a huge strength in itself that um, we've also did a part of an episode of that too, is just knowing when it's appropriate to bring other people in and not stretch yourself too thin. Uh, You're not Mm going to, if you take on too much, you're not going to be able to produce your best work and knowing when it's the right time. I agree. Yeah. I mean, it is nice to have folks to work with though. It is. I think that's invaluable. (laughs) Like having somebody to bounce ideas off of, having somebody to just like push you to wake up early, to go into work, you know, and, and just like Someone show you out accountable. in a way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, to hold you accountable. Um, I think that's invaluable. And having somebody like by your side, even if it's just one person, one or two people that push you to like really be the best that you can be. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. I, I, like, yeah, I mean, it's not to say that I don't, you know, eventually want to expand the team and like have like a, a cool group of people, but you know, for now, with time, with time. Yeah, yeah, you're not rushing it. I think I actually was saying this the other day to Aaron. I was like, I think that the pod, the podcast has like been happening because it's the two of us. Like it took it took me a while to get to doing it, but because we had each yeah. other to hold, to hold us accountable, it's like then we start actually. Yeah, this wouldn't have gotten off the ground if it was just me. I think, but um, same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I totally understand. It's incredibly what you're hard to self motivate sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's something that I think a lot of artists, like, struggle with, like, hardcore. I know I do, um, especially in m- mm-hmm. my own, like, personal practice of painting. Like, I have to be on my own boss. Like, how do you, how do you manage yeah. that? I know you obviously have, like you just said, people that you turn to, like, Kelly, to you kind of keep you accountable. But mm-hmm. how do you keep yourself accountable? Well, I think now it's, it's, it's different. So when I was in school, I was around a lot of people that were making like makers and and artists and I tried to surround myself with as many people as I could that like almost intimidated me in a level like their work was just really good and I tried to surround myself with people that I respected the work that they were doing so that it would make me want to make better work um but now it's really just like I don't know it's really just like I want to make things better like I enjoy the the struggle and like the puzzle almost of and the challenges of like creating things that I've never seen before you know or that just don't really exist um so that's what I mean I have like a long long list of things that I want and projects that I want to do um that I'm excited about but just being excited about it in itself is is motivation enough for me and like hell yeah, I want to go into work. I want to wake up early and go in because I've got this like idea for like a wallet, you know, that's, that's super cool, but I just don't know how it's going to work. And so I'll spend, you know, days at a time, like cutting paper or cutting canvas or actually making prototypes to figure this thing out. Um, but that's fun. I, I, you know, I actually really enjoy that. So well, it's great in a lot of like, ways that's, yeah. Enjoying the process is like, I mean, yeah. that's the, that's, that's the game yeah. right there. Like that's, that's, that's what mm-hmm. it has to be. Yeah. Where um, is most of your work live? Are you mainly online in small shops? Uh, it sounds like you do a lot of commission-based projects. Um, where can our yeah. audience find all your beautiful work? So I'm, I'm online uh, mainly, I would say. Uh, ironrivet.com uh, is my shop. But I'm in a few, a few stores. I've been in and out of some stores. Um, but my main retailer would be uh, the Garden Gun Field Shop in Charleston. They stock a lot of my stuff. They actually have a lot of exclusive stuff to you, so I'll make stuff uh, like unique to their shop. Um, but yeah, I mean, I live mainly online. I do a lot of custom stuff. Uh, custom stuff ranging from bags, which is like very in my avenue, to like weird projects. Like I would, I would go out. Like recently, I went out to a, like a brewery, like a local brewery. And I, I was asked to do their, all their handles and railings in their brewery and like leather. And they were like, yeah, so it's, it's super really cool. in, like our vibe to do like leather on the handrails, leather on the, on the hand, on the um, door handles. And they had their bar top laid and le- like uh, upholstered in leather. Um, so it was like a sit down place though and a brewery. Interesting. But I was like, yes, like if you club. think what I'm doing <laughs> is life. in line with this, I am so happy with that because that is exactly what I like to do. Yeah. So 
Yeah, it was very va va validating. I was like, yes, I'll take this job. That's fantastic. <laughs> it doesn't even matter how much you pay me. That's awesome. That's so cool. And did you get another, I think I remember you telling me you got like another job from that or like somebody else heard that you did that? Yeah, it was, well, it was the, ba it was backwards. So I got that job actually because I did a coffee shop. Uh, okay. They asked me to do their handrails okay. and stuff. So they were, they were really cool. They were supporting a lot of local artists and, uh, or like overseas and stuff. So they were like. Uh, I think they got a lot of furniture from like Guatemala, oh, like cool. Guatemala-based artists, mm -hmm. and they had me come in because they heard from another local Atlanta artist that I did like leather work, who I don't even know. Interesting. He <laughs> found me on Instagram and followed me on Instagram, and I guess told these guys that like this guy's awesome. And so, cool. so yeah, I you know the power of Instagram. Instagram's amazing. Yeah. So we, it's I your mean, art on Instagram. Definitely. Artists supporting artists. Definitely. I love it. And so would you say, like, a lot of these bigger projects are just word of mouth, right? I mean, obviously yep, you have the guy 100%. who found like, you literally on Instagram. A, yeah, yeah, 100%. I don't, I don't advertise that I do things like that. So it was 100% like word of mouth. Um, you know, and I don't really necessarily want to advertise that I do things like that. I think, like, one or two of those projects every once in a while is enough for me because it can be really stressful, you know. It's a lot of work. And... Yeah, and I want to stay in the avenue of, like, what I really enjoy doing, which is, like, designing usable goods. Um, but that's not to say that I really enjoy, I, that I don't really enjoy doing projects like that, which I do, but, you know, in moderation. Yeah, it's a great, like you were saying earlier, you learn from it. And I'm sure that there was things yeah. that if you'd never done that before... Or you've done something similar, yeah. but you can take that and apply it. I don't know. If you decide to do furniture in the future, how can you wrap the chair? Yeah, not? let me tell you, it made me want to do furniture. The guy was like, do you like upholstery furniture? And I was like, you know, I don't. I have once and it was horrible, but I kind of want to get it's back hard. into it. It's so hard. Let me. It's so hard. So I, know hard. A, I know a guy in Atlanta who reached out to me who does furniture. And oh my God, I have so much respect for for people who do that because it's so hard i mean it's it's another avenue it's like again it's like sh making boots or something yeah people ask me well, if i make boots and I'm for like, a no, reason because it takes like 60 you're not a shoemaker you know, shoe tools that i don't have yeah there's a reason I'm not that people a like I don't, specialize I don't do that. yeah there's exactly people yeah, specialize yeah yeah, yeah. are they called cobblers but it would be it yeah would be i make cool. that up Cobble, yeah. i think cobblers so. are crazy i have a lot of respect for cobblers, cobblers yeah. as well it's so many things i think it's so fascinating to talk to one. you about this stuff because i think there's so many crafts and like just fascinating things that we just don't even think about anymore because like you just said there's so many big companies that like make shoes and so many big companies mm -hmm. that upholster furniture but when you do actually meet somebody who actually has their hands on it and does it it's like you realize like all of the art and creativity that has to go into stuff like that that we just yeah. take for granted yeah a lot of stuff we take for granted oh, it's absolutely. crazy like I try, I try so hard to just like, in, in like every little thing just to be like, you know, what the hell went into making this? Because, you know, this is so cool. But like cars, for example, I'm like, I'm restoring like a 1997 Jeep and like casual. It's so cool. Cause it's, it's got an actual engine in it. It's got actual components in it. Like modern cars, like you can't even see any of that stuff. So it's, it's. It's so cool to just learn how, like, learn about um, all these little things that are just, like, crazy feats of engineering or, like, crazy feats of, like, artistic design and, like, uh, you know, um, functional design, you know, or whatever. So you just, like... That you just don't realize. You just you just run on curiosity, basically. <laughs> like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, which is amazing. It's awesome, yeah. That's awesome. I wish I, I wish I had even a fraction of the amount of like. I feel like I'm th really bad at wondering how things work. I just like trust that they work, <laughs> which I, I wish I well, could yeah. have curiosity. That's the whole point. So the yeah. whole point of like good design or good engineering is that you don't notice it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's the coolest thing about great design. Like, for example, Norman doors. I don't know if you know what Norman doors are. I don't think so. Do. Have you ever gone up to a door and not known whether to push or pull it? Yeah. Yeah. That's a Norman door. That's horrible mm -hmm. design. Bad design. They, had one thing to do one which job. is to design a door that you know when you're walking up to it whether or not to push or pull it if you have to label it and put instructions on a door you have done something wrong <laughs> so you know it's I things like that it's like that. horrible horrible mm -hmm. horrible i mean it, it really gets on my skin like 
the level of like lack of thought yeah thought that goes into making a door you don't know how to operate yeah yeah fun yeah form should always follow function yeah yeah I'm taking a class right now all about that for she's actually taking um, classes at saic right now yeah oh night. dope yeah. so i can really okay. so i can relate to all of you no cool. <laughs> yes just trying to join the click <laughs> i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> my first click was in the east coast so i've got to find my midwest art click yeah um but no it's uh w- a lot of the classes and stuff i've been looking into is more architecture and hearing you talk about yep. um products and goods handmade goods really i mean it all is so relatable into the world of architecture i mean you're solving a design problem and i think people tend to think creatives and artists are just people that are looking at fun colors and just making things that are pretty but people don't realize designers and creatives we're solving a problem we are trying to figure out like how can we better this product such as you were talking about the wallets um that is thought that is trying to figure out how can you create this form but make sure it functions mm-hmm. even better than before yeah architecture is amazing it's another example of like you don't notice a lot of like excellently excellently designed things in architecture but when there's something really ugly mm-hmm. you, you really you notice, notice it you're yeah. like that is so bad yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah it's it's like yeah it goes back to the thing where it's like it's invisible good design is invisible mm-hmm. and that's the whole point yeah it's yeah. it's you want to make something that's so usable and so great that you don't ever notice it. Maybe the first time you use it, you notice it, but it just is so satis- like satisfying mm-hmm. that it almost just goes right over your head. Right. But when you notice something that's that's terrible design, you really, really notice it and it's yeah. really bad. I think it's great for people to hear too, just so people, if they feel discouraged that no one's really talking about my art, no one's talking about it. I'm like, well... Be thankful they're not talking about it because it's garbage. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you're doing something. I know. Right. Maybe you're doing something right. <laughs> maybe you're actually you're onto something. Yeah. yeah. So I guess on this note of like the satisfaction you have, like, what has been your favorite project where you felt like super satisfied at the end of it? Hmm. I know you're hard on yourself. Maybe, so like, <laughs> yeah, maybe like my first backpack. I would say like okay. the the very first backpack I made. I was like this is crazy i can't believe i made this thing i can't believe i made something that i could use to this capacity of course i'd like it was it was really like looking back it's like you know it's not it's not terrible or anything but it's just like there's a lot of things that i would have done differently um but when i finished that first project i was like this is so cool i'm like so proud of this i want to wear this everywhere this thing's so cool i put a lot of time into it you know do you still have it I do still have it, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, people ask to buy it all the time. I'm like, uh, yeah, I mean, you can buy it, but it's going to be really, really expensive. Yeah. So I just, I just, I just price it out of people's budget. budget. I, I do the same thing with paintings yeah. that I like. Yeah. I have some paintings hanging on my wall currently that are like fit really well on my wall. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. we're just jack up the price <laughs> so no one can buy. Like, it. oh man, how how much would you know? How much would something like this cost me? And I'm like, I don't know, six thousand dollars. And they're like, oh. <laughs> <It's just laughs> I'm like, yeah, you can buy another bag though for three hundred bucks, just not that one. <laughs> Oh, be careful. You're going to get some celebrity swoop in and be like, 6000 Here you go. <laughs> hey, man, I would sell it for $6,000. Yeah, that say, would be so cool. That'd be sick. I would take $6,000 for it. I could, oh See, my God. See, I'm just waiting for so my my Kai Huggins bag to become worth $6,000. <laughs> so it's good. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. <laughs> Um, I'm not like Louis Vuitton or Gucci out. We'll see if that actually happens. Well, you never know. You never know. They're mass produced you never now. Know. So, yeah. I don't want to jinx myself, though. I th- if I say it'll happen, it won't happen. Yeah. So, it, yeah. We'll just say it. You don't have to. But, so I'm putting good energy into the world. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, there, there we go. <laughs> yeah. The um, consumer and audience has changed so much. And I think actually through the summer with COVID, I'm curious to see if this has affected you, but a lot of people have turned to more locally made. Um, handmade goods uh, people have a more appreciation and respect for it um have you noticed any of that in your specific field yeah so well to start off it was interesting covid has had a really weird kind of it's been a really weird whirlwind thing Mm -hmm. um which is you know i guess kind of expected but at the beginning it was great because i was getting jobs uh and i was telling julia I've, i've been getting jobs um where people were like, yeah, there's nobody in the building. We can't get bigger studios to do things like this because um, they're just out. They're just out for COVID. Mm-hmm. They're not working right now. 
Um, so I was able to do some jobs where I would go in when nobody was there and work and I felt safe. Um, and I was still getting wholesale orders, you know, from my shop and online and all that at the beginning, like when it first hit, like when it was mm-hmm. really bad and people were like, what the hell's going on? And then a few months in, like maybe three, four months in, things started to really kind of die down. And I, I would tell people that I'm like, I don't know how long this is going to last. Like, I don't know how much longer this work is going to last. Um, and so it did die down a fair amount. Um, but I, I do agree. I have seen a lot of people kind of pivoting towards supporting smaller businesses and local makers. I think it's given us a, a bigger voice um, to just be like, hey, you know, your favorite taco stand might not be, it might not exist anymore after this. So go out there and fucking tip 30%, you know, mm-hmm. and, and buy a ton of stuff. You know, maybe like tacos. your local like boutique store. Yeah, like go buy like a candle or like whatever you can afford. I know a lot of people don't have a whole lot of money right now, but just, you know, using that extra 10, 20 bucks to support those those people really is really cool. And I think people really are pushing for that. And I'm seeing it more and more. I think it's like kicking kicking people in the gear. It's like, oh, shoot, you know, these these businesses might might actually not exist if we don't support them I'm like yes of course we won't because it it hasn't been any different you have to support us like if you want mm-hmm. us to be around you have to support us um but it has given us a voice mm-hmm. it's great like it, you know i think restaurants first as i would i would give a lot of credit to restaurants like mm-hmm. pulling people out and be like oh you know we really need to support um these smaller places that might not have the kind of means to stay in business. I have actually seen some bigger restaurants go out of business, which is crazy. Um, but I, you know, I'm doing whatever I can to, to support these people. Like I, I've been commissioning some stuff lately. Um, yeah, I think it's cool. Like I, I, I'm interested to see kind of 2021, how, how things kind of play out. Yeah. So on that note, where can our listeners find your work? I know you said, you're on, you have a website, maybe just reiterate. <laughs> yeah, ironrivet.com is the website. Uh, Iron Rivet on Instagram, it's just at Iron Rivet is the Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm at. I think okay. that's really the only two places you could find it. Yeah. I don't have like a Facebook or anything like that. And you're located in, in Atlanta, if anybody local in, in Atlanta, Atlanta wants to um, reach out for a custom I have an project. <laughs> only shop. Yeah, I have appointment only shops. So if you wanted to come into the shop and talk about maybe custom work or just see what I've got on the shelf. Uh, just, yeah, go to the website and just send me a message. Yeah. So I take people in, but awesome. Well, thank you so much for sitting down and talking to us. It was really cool to hear from somebody, you know, who, cool, who's yeah. not a painter, but just doing something similar. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kai. And thank you everybody for listening. Um, we'll be back on next week. Thank you so much for having me guys. Yeah.